Welcome, everybody, to another week's episode of the Sports Investors. I'd like to thank all of you for listening today. It is Wednesday, October the 18th, around 4 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm Investor Slim. You can follow me on Twitter, at Investor Slim. Joining us, as always, is Charles. Follow him on Twitter, at Sports Savant. What's up today, brother? Oh, you know, it's finally this week, man. I finally get to see my Ravens here in Minnesota. Uh had a good weekend last week in terms of the investment side of things. So uh, just, you know, in a good place right now. I'm looking forward to kick off another week of the podcast, my friend. Man, that's right. And now we got basketball around the corner, so it's kind of like a 24-7 thing. Now now it's like around the clock. Um, I don't really have any basketball stuff to talk about other than I can't believe Houston won last night. We'll um, incorporate basketball as we as we move forward a little bit here. But do you have anything that you want to say about last night or anything about basketball in general? You know, I know you know I'm excited for it to get here. Obviously, we as Kentucky fans, you more so than I, but Coach Cal putting 27 players on a starting lineup this week uh, to start the season. That's impressive, more so than any other college. And uh, I'm just ready to see Big Cat Meow in uh, Minnesota this year. The Pelicans have four Kentucky stars. They're going Rondo, Darius Miller, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. That's kind of crazy (laughs) to me. Obviously, Drew Holiday went to UCLA. But, guys, we're going to start off. As usual, college football and NFL recap from last week. We got some college football and NFL plays for you this week. We'll talk about daily fantasy at the end. But I'll go ahead and start us off with our recap here, guys. Out of the three plays I gave you guys last week, I went two and one. The first play I'm going to talk about is the loser. Texas Tech went to Morgantown, West Virginia. I gave you guys the first half under. Now, that thing opened at 37. I think I got it at 37 and a half. And that was never really close, man. Like, I remember, I didn't watch the game. I was checking on my phone. I was out doing some stuff with my girlfriend. But it was like 7-7 seven to seven with like 13-30 to go in the first quarter. It was like a minute and a half went off. They already scored 14 points, so I kind of chalked that up as a loser. You know, I kind of, I knew that, I knew that was going to happen, um, that the, the under just was not going to cash as soon as I saw the way it started. But that's a loser. We'll move on. We'll talk about Texas. I give you guys Texas plus eight. I said you could sprinkle a little money line on there. Now, Texas plus eight was a winner, and that was a wild game. I'm going to talk about Sam Ellinger here for a little bit. I told you guys that I think he's going to win a Heisman before he's done at Texas, and he had a great game against Oklahoma. Ellinger is just a football player. Like, yeah, he missed on some throws, and, you know, he runs people over, which is things that I don't like my quarterback to do in the in the run game. He ran he, he ran the ball 22 times for 106 yards and one touchdown. He threw the ball 39 times, completed 19 of them, 278 yards, another touchdown, no interceptions. So nearly 400 yards of total offense from Ellinger alone, a true freshman. This kid has an extremely bright future. Tom Herman knows how to make his quarterback successful. Texas, they had the ball, very last possession to come down and win the game. It didn't happen. But Texas plus eight covered, ended up losing by five. Did you get a chance to watch that game at all, Charles? I do. I did. And, you know, honestly, kind of like we had talked about, Texas just being, again, a little bit undervalued uh, in terms of the book size and kind of the public size, I think. Uh, and you're right on Ellinger, man. Like, that's just a competitor. Like, that's just mm-hmm. the guy you want on your football team to lead yes. your football team. He's not – and no turnovers against Oklahoma? Like, that's, that's just a good play out of a freshman quarterback. So, yeah. uh, great call by you there, Slim. Yeah, you know, I um, I agree. Total leader, man. Just guys rally around him. Like I said, 6'2", 220 pounds. Nothing really stands out. The arm talent, you know, the speed. But, man, like you said, hit the nail on the head. Just a, just a really good competitor. We'll move on to another winner I gave you guys. Philadelphia went into Carolina. They ended up winning that football game, which was kind of crazy to me. I thought Carolina was going to win. That wasn't the play I gave, though. I gave you guys the first half under of 23, which was a winner. Now, I wasn't watching this game either. I was kind of uh, out doing some stuff, picking up some dinner for us, uh, me and my girlfriend. It was it was some pizza. Like, I was watching – I was kind of watching the game out of the corner of my eye at a TV in the corner there, and I saw Carolina had the ball driving to either go push the 23 or to score a touchdown. There was a crucial play right there where um, – I can't remember what receiver it was that didn't get two feet down to extend the drive for Carolina. Bunchy. Um, Yes, yes, that's right. So, you know, that was a big that was a big call there. Glad glad that that got overturned. Just 
I'm so glad that I got overturned. The first half under 23 was a winner, so I went 2-1 and one for you guys. Now, Charles, I'll turn it over to you, man, unless you have yes, something you want to say about that game. Well, I was just going to say, I was kind of surprised. You know, I, I know that the kicking situation, like, when you get to a certain point, you're kind of like, all right, we're either going for it on fourth or we're punting it. But yeah. I really thought they'd try Graham Gano out there to kick that field goal, and they didn't, which obviously yeah. great for you and your play. Uh, but I was, I was just a little surprised. I thought they'd at least give it a shot, you know, and especially with the game against the Eagles, who we kind of have to start talking about in terms of relevance in the NFC as being a top contender because each week we have gone in here and said, they're flying too high, they're going to come down. And yeah. each week they tell us, nope, we're the Eagles, and we're playing well. Carson Wentz talked about him last week, looks great. So um, just my, I, I just thought Gano would take a shot. Like I thought Rivera would at least give him an opportunity to kick the field out. No, I'm with you. I was looking at, like I said, I was I was kind of watching, you know, just in the um, background there, and um, the the sound was off, which is like why I hate being other places to watch it. The sound was off. I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, you know, they just kind of accepted the fact that they were, um, you know, going to go into the half like that. You know, um, tied ten to ten, if I'm not mistaken. You know, yep. the Eagles. I think people do forget oftentimes that the NFL is a long ass season, like 17 weeks, 16 games. Just a long-ass season, and I think Philadelphia is one of the better football teams in the NFL, but I'm still going to stay hold, and I'm going to still say that they're about a 10-win football team. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. We'll move on, man, and I'll just let you go ahead and recap your plays, brother. Yes, sir. So, along the same lines, it's fun this week, 2-1. and one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my college football play, which was a winner for you guys. Cincinnati at South Florida gave you the under 68.5. It got bet down to probably 66.5 by the time kickoff launched, but it was nowhere, nowhere close to that total. I think it ended at 33. Uh, Cincinnati didn't score a touchdown at all, um, and so it was just a clear win by South Florida there, and, and they hammered them. Yeah. Yeah, yep. coast. You were uh, coasting that whole time. I was kind of keeping my eye on that game, um, hoping hoping that you were going to win. And it was really never in doubt. I think you had that uh, you had that game pegged. So good call, man. Thank you. Yeah. So that was my winning college football uh, last week, and then I gave out two NFL plays: one a winner, one a loser. The loser I gave you was the Packers minus three in Minnesota. It's a wash. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. No one could have yeah. seen that happen. We know how big of a line movement it is when Aaron Rodgers is out. Um, yeah. And so. That was a that was a big L, but you know that's what happened. But I cursing Anthony you know, Barr, man, he was cursing Anthony Barr like a motherfucker after that. He called him MF, or that was funny to me. But, oh, uh, he was, I, and it wasn't yeah. a bad hit. Like McCarthy complained it about it. I didn't think I didn't it was think, a bad hit at all. Yeah, I think I think you know um, NFL, they just want to have their stars, right? I think you know, and Aaron knows he's a star. I think I think the um, consensus is is like let up on the stars, right? Like fuck right. no, you know, compete to compete, compete to win. And beat somebody's ass. I'm with you. I don't. I, I didn't think it was a dirty play at all. I completely agreed. So that was my loser in the NFL this week, but I gave you a winner. If you sprinkled some money line on it, you won some money too. Um, was Pittsburgh plus four? Um, mm-hmm. And I told you to sprinkle a little money. I went seventy thirty on this play. Uh, seventy on the spread and thirty on the money line. So a uh, big win for me in that game. But I just felt like again Pittsburgh coming off a bad loss, um, playing Kansas City, who is undefeated at home. It just it just smelled like a perfect opportunity for Pittsburgh right. to win. So um, that was a clear-out winner for everybody. Um, so 2-1, Slim. That's right, man. You know, that's what we talk about. This thing's like a market. Pittsburgh, everybody was down on Pittsburgh. The coaches staff, Ben Roethlisberger's going to retire. You know, Big Ben didn't play very well. Honestly, they gave the ball to Le'Veon Bell, which is probably what they should do, you know, to finish out the season and what they should have been doing, just ride Le'Veon, just ride him like he's your horse. Um, but, you know, I want to I say something. After our – after our terrible week a couple weeks ago, we we picked things up these last two weeks and done really well. I know I've I've been four and two since that point. I know that you've been winning since that point. So you know, good job for us. That's what it's about, guys. It's it's not about chasing, not about any of this other stuff. When you take a bad week, that's just you know that's just the nature of the business. It's just how it goes. You pick it up, you move forward, and it's long term. So you know, proud of us for that, man. But um. Let's go ahead and jump in here to our college football plays. We'll start with the play you sent me, my man. Marshall at Middle Tennessee State. Marshall, three-point favorites, two-and-a-half-point favorites, depending on what book you're using, total of 49-and-a-half. If you guys want to watch this game, it'll be on 7 p.m. Eastern time on Friday on ESPN2. What do you see here, man? Yeah, so uh, kind of one of those games, again, that doesn't catch many eyes, right? This is Marshall at Middle Tennessee State. Um, I was on a Middle Tennessee State game early on in the season when they played the Gophers here in Minnesota. 
Um, and one thing kind of stands out between those teams for me is that defensively they are absolutely terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And so with the number as low as it is right now at 49 as the over-under, I really like the over in this game. Uh, Marshall can put up points alone um, yep. by themselves. Like, they could cover the number themselves, I'm guessing, this on Friday. But I just like overall that over 49, just because I think Middle Tennessee State scores at least once or twice to, you know, for sure put it over. Yeah, Marshall's identity totally leads, lends itself to be an over team. Um, just lots of plays. Um, their defense isn't very good either. So I like that play in agreement. I'm not going to be on it, but I'm absolutely going to be rooting for you. That's about all I got to say about that. So I'm ready to move on to another game you sent me, brother. Central Florida. Scott Frost got Central Florida playing well, going to Navy. Navy also playing well, 5-1. and one. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be on 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on college on CBS Sports Network, Central Florida, seven-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 66. What do you see here, man? So Central Florida is slowly becoming one of my favorite teams in college football. Like, just Absolutely. watching them play offensive and defensively. Like, mm-hmm. if they were in a different conference and they had some more athletes on the team, like, oh, my gosh, they would be unreal good. But um, Navy, obviously, we know Navy offensively just running options left and right. Um, and when it comes down to it, I think this is going to be a closer game than most people think, and there's going to be a lot of running the football. And so I really like this game's under 66. I just yeah. don't think Navy has enough to put them over. Again, I say that a lot in the over-unders, but when it comes down to it, you need two, pe- two teams to score. And I just think Navy doesn't get enough points here to hit that 66 over, so I really like the under 66 in this game. And I, I really think Central Florida covers the spread, but I'm going to be on the under 66. You know, 66 is a big number to get to. I think I do lean to the over, though, so I have a little disagreement here. I think Navy can score. You know, the thing with Navy and their triple option attack is it's so difficult because you never know how, like, how the defense is going to react, right? Like, defenses, good defenses can play really poorly against the triple option, and then vice versa, bad defenses and coaching and scheme can just overcome that, and they play good against Navy. So it's, it's like kind of – it's kind of hard to handicap this game, um, you know, but Central Florida, Scott Frost, this is going to be a fun game. 66 is still a lot of points to get to, though. I'm going to be rooting for you on this under. I do lean to the over, so a little disagreement, uh, but in general, not not strong enough to make a play either way, so I'm definitely going to be rooting for your under. Nice. So we'll move on to a game that I got, guys, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh going to Penn State, Happy Valley at night, take on James Franklin. Penn State, nine-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 45. If you guys want to watch this game, it's prime time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. Now, guys, if you guys want to be safe here, take the nine-and-a-half with Michigan. That's not the play I'm giving you guys. I'm giving you guys Michigan outright. Now, I know Michigan lost to Michigan State, and turns out Michigan State's a pretty good football team. Um, You know, so – Maybe as we move on in the year, Michigan State's a 9-10 win football team. That loss doesn't look as bad. And for everybody talking about Brady Hoke and Harbaugh having the same record, completely different situation. Brady Hoke came into Michigan with Rich Rod's old with Rich Rod's old talent, right? Brady Hoke had two 10-win seasons his first two years. Rich Rodriguez just 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 he just got fired a little too early. But you know, I don't I don't I don't want to get too far into that. Just the Brady Hoke shit and the, the Harbaugh having the same record just just drives me insane. Now Michigan's offense is not very good. You know, I think you could throw stats out the window in a game like this. I just trust Harbaugh. I am all about Harbaugh here. We do have two of the best defenses in the nation. It should be low scoring. Nine and a half is a lot of points in a total in a total this low, 45. That's a lot of points to give up in a total like this. Harbaugh, in my opinion, was going to have the coaching advantage no matter what. Even if it's Nick Saban, I'm taking a Harbaugh. Now, I'm probably in the minority there, but that's how much I respect Harbaugh. And in a close game like this, guys, Penn State is only converting field goal conversions at 46%. That's 116th in the country. In a close game like this, you have to be able to count on your field goal kicker. Conversely, Michigan's field goal kicker, 87%. So, that that is just gonna that is just gonna pay dividends in this close game in such a big moment. I've seen Harbaugh do it so many times. I'm taking Harbaugh over James Franklin. If you're gonna give me Michigan plus 280, close to three to one in this spot, 
I'm taking Harbaugh every single time. So Michigan plus 280 is going to beat Penn State outright this weekend. That's my play I'm giving you guys. you have any thoughts there, man? I like it. And uh, we'll probably talk about this later down the line, depending on how games go. But I personally think the two Big Ten teams that are top five right now, both Wisconsin and Penn State, are a little bit overrated. Um, and so I'll probably for sure be on Michigan in the nine and a half. Um, yeah. But I like the outright play. That's it's definitely balls, safer. Right? And, you know, nine and a half, I, I think that's a great play. But you know what I want to do is I want to punch the bookie in the mouth for hanging this stupid-ass number. So, you know, like that's that's what I'm trying to do with these plays. And it's a, and it's a long-term play. Um, just plus 280, nearly 3-1, to one, it's just ridiculous to me. Nine and a half is ridiculous to me. So, like I said, if you guys want to be safer and take the nine and a half, I mean, if I like Michigan to win outright, of course I fucking like the nine and a half. But, um, you know, that's about all i got to say about this game. Do you have, do you have anything else? I, I, I know I just um, interrupted you a little bit. but No, no. Like I said, I think you're spot on. You, obviously, Harbaugh Nation here. Um, anytime you get an opportunity like that with Harbaugh and a nine-and-a-half point spread, underdog against a big opponent that's in conference with them, um, I, I really like the spot. You know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh is at his best when it's us against the world. And I feel like he likes to create that narrative, whether it's there or not. But in this case, it's totally us against the world. People are comparing his tenure to Brady Hoke's tenure, which is laughable <laughs> to me. Um, even though the record, you know, I can't argue the record. But you have to look at things situationally and independently. They're just completely different situations. But we'll move on here, guys, to another game I have in college football. Wyoming, the Cowboys are going to the blue turf to play with Boise State. Now, this is a really late-night game, 10.15 p.m. Eastern time. You guys want to watch this? It'll be on ESPN2. Boise's 14-point favorites with a total of 45. Now, the play I'm giving you guys here is the over, 45. Now, 59% of the tickets are on the under. That's about balanced. So, you know, that doesn't make too too big a difference. Now, this is a low number. Any fluke stuff gets this thing over. Both teams have multiple defensive and special teams touchdown on the year. So even though I said any fluke stuff gets it over, like these two teams have multiple defensive and special teams touchdowns. So I, you know, I don't really expect that to happen just because that doesn't happen often in games. But it's happened many times in both of these teams' games. So it wouldn't even be that fluky for it to happen. In the last three games, Wyoming's averaged 33.7 points per game, and Boise's averaged 26 points per game. Now that averages out to, you know, close to 60 points. In the red zone, both teams in the last three games have scored 100% of their opportunities in the red zone. Wyoming's quarterback, Josh Allen, hasn't really played that well to date this year. But, Charles, right before you called me here, I just got ESPN on in the background, you know, just trying to waste some time. Todd McShay just gave his top five NFL prospects of the year. Josh Allen's number three. Like, Josh Allen is a prototypical NFL quarterback. I think he plays his best in the big games. Last year versus Boise, he was 18 of 31 for 275 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. I expect Josh Allen to really show his stuff in this game. 45 is just a low number. I'm giving you guys over 45. I think Boise plays better on their home on blue turf. I think Wyoming can score some points. It's just a really low number, so I'm going over 45. Nice. I don't uh, I don't have any thoughts on that game, uh, but I think uh, you're probably on the right side of that there. Nice. I like it, guys. So we'll move on to the NFL plays. Now, before the before these podcasts happen, guys, we send each other the games of the games of the plays that we're gonna have a play in. Let me. I don't. I don't know if I rephrase that. Uh, phrase that very well. Um, do you want to try to phrase that a little better? We just send each other the games that we're gonna have a play in, and we only have one game to talk about: Baltimore Ravens. Going to Minnesota. Charles, I know you're hyped about this game. You're going to be there. Um, oh, guys, I'm all jacked up. Yeah, I know you are. It'll be 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Now, I just saw Baltimore just moved to six-point dogs at one book, so I would expect that to maybe follow suit. It moved to six-point dogs at Bookmaker. We'll go ahead and say Baltimore six-point dogs, Minnesota six-point favorites with a total of 40. Now, I'll let you start it off here because we both have plays. So I'll let you start it off here, man. Yeah, so uh, I know what the kind of initial thought is, being a Balti guy, having them come to Minnesota here, um, but I'm not playing a side of this one. 
And what I learned a lot last week watching the Ravens and the Bears is, ah, damn, a whole bunch of fluky shit happens in our games. Like the pick six, <laughs> like I couldn't believe that pick six. It's fucking 90 yards and mm-hmm. bounces 15 yards into the guy's hands on an out route to the sideline. So, anyway, I really, really, really like the over 40 in this game. I have a feeling that there's going to be quite a few people and money on the under just because there are two defenses with two shit offenses. The numbers but, point to the under, so, yeah, totally like that. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. so I really like the over. I think that we're going to get some fluky stuff, some interceptions by Case, some interceptions by Joe, turnovers, putting them in good position, um, and those points are going to score. So um, I really like the over 40 in this game. And at least I can bet on that and enjoy myself at the game, hoping for a <laughs> high-flying game. Maybe. You might be pulling your hair out. It might be like 3-3 three to three at halftime. I know. You're going to be like, fuck. You're going like, to like, dive to your phone and try to laugh at the Ravens. I already know you are. I know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, I don't really have any thoughts. I think I like your logic there, you know, on the over. As I was handicapped in this game, it does. The numbers do point to the under, but the Ravens play better on the road. Um, you know, interesting, interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for that over. Do you have anything else you want to say, or do you want me to get my play? No, I'm going to go ahead and let you give your play. I mean, just side note, I owe, you know, because they'll be here, I'll be throwing some money on the money line. Um, for those willing to roll the dice, I just think after you come off an emotional win at home against Green Bay and you're sitting kind of atop the NFC North there, um, it's easy to just kind of sit down, talk down a little bit because you got a bye next week. Yeah. Minnesota has a bye next week. Yes, and then they go to I like London. I like that even better. I like that even better for my plays because typically teams look forward to the bye. It's like an off week, right? It's like you don't have to go to work that week. Even though, like, you yep. kind of have to go to work that week, it's like, you know, it's just a little casual. You know, you get a break for your body. You know, a, a lot of guys take trips. Um, so that, that's good to know. That uh, really helps my plays. I should have I sh- I done a better job handicapping then. But – the guys, the play I'm going to give you guys is Baltimore on the money line. So I'm taking both hardballs on the money line and saying, fuck the points. Like, if you're going to give me these numbers with the hardballs, like, I'm just going to take it every time because in the long term, I feel confident that I'm going to come out the winner. Baltimore, plus 207. It just moved on Bookmaker. Before then, it was like plus 195 I was going to give you. Before we hopped on the phone, now it's plus 207. I'm giving you guys Baltimore plus 207. Minnesota's last two wins – Versus a rookie quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, you know, conventional wisdom's like, well, Baltimore lost to the same rookie quarterback. It's like, no, I don't like to play that game. It's kind of like you said it was just kind of some fluky shit that happened in that Baltimore game. And, you know, and the other the other uh, win that Minnesota had, you alluded to it, was the Green Bay, the Green Bay win. Like, the Rogerless Packers. It's amazing how, how much Aaron Rodgers means to the Packers and how much he affects the spread. The Packers are six-point underdogs in Lambeau to New Orleans. Like, that is crazy. Does that tell you how bad Green Bay that, – that, like, the Vegas really thinks Green Bay is here? Like, how bad is Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers? Like, that's crazy to me. What do you have to think – like, what do you think about that, Charles? Like, Green Bay – if Green Bay had Aaron Rodgers, I'd say they'd probably be about five-and-a-half, six-point favorites here. Yep, Maybe even larger. That's spot on. And the Green Bay Packers offense is solely based around Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. And now here's my thing on Brett. Brett didn't have a whole week to prepare, right? They're going into the game, assuming Aaron's playing the entire game, and Brett has no work at all during the week to kind of formulate an offense around him. Just got through into the fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so for that, Aaron, he would be a six-point favorite this week at home if he's still healthy. Right, and New Orleans is a bad road team. They're a bad grass team. Like, historically, you can't argue the statistics. You can't argue the results. New Orleans is a bad grass team. They're a bad road team. And they're fucking six-point favorites in Lambeau, one of the biggest home field advantages in all of football. Now, I, I kind of got off on a tangent here on Minnesota's last two wins. First is a rookie quarterback in his first start and versus the Rogerless Green Bay Packers. My point being is is that I don't really put too much merit into those wins for Minnesota. Now, I think Minnesota's a good football team, but you're going to give me Baltimore at plus 207 in this spot. I'm going to take it every single time. Baltimore's 2-1 and one on the road this year. I think they're more comfortable on the road. They beat Cincinnati at Cincinnati in their first game of the year, shutting Cincinnati out. Um, 
20 to nothing in that game. Now, I know a lot of people will say, oh, Cincinnati fucking sucks. Well, I don't think that. Like I said earlier in the podcast, the NFL season is a long season. I think we're going to look back at the end of the year, and Cincinnati is going to be an eight- or nine-win football team. I mean, that's who I think Cincinnati is. I think Cincinnati's shown that they that what they're capable of the last three or four weeks. And, you know, that Cincinnati at Cincinnati 20 to nothing is a big win, in my opinion. Now, they went to Oakland and won 30 to 17. They got on Oakland early. They never let up. That game was never in doubt. I understand it was E.J. Manuel, but this is a game that was three time zones away, um, you know, just a lot of travel. You know, Baltimore easily could have had a letdown. I think Baltimore is just more comfortable on the road. Now, the stats point to Minnesota here, but I'm going to trust another Harbaugh. And I think Minnesota's injuries are going to catch up to them sooner than later. Harbaugh's are at their best. Now, I got both Harbaugh's as dogs, and both Harbaugh's are being questioned. These two men are at their best when people are questioning them and when their backs are against the wall. Baltimore needs to win this football game. Minnesota should be feeling good about themselves for I don't even know why, but – you know, guys, I'm giving you guys Baltimore plus 207 on the money line. So we'll go ahead and recap our plays here, unless you have something else that um, you want to add to that game. No, I'm smiling ear to ear. Harbaugh Nation, baby. Let's go. Yeah, you know, just a just a big fan of those two men in general. Um, two of the best football coaches on the planet, you know, in, in, in my opinion. And, you know, you can argue that with me, and, you know, it is what it is. That That's just my opinion. That's the way I see it, two of the best football coaches on the planet. I'm getting more than two to one on both of them. I don't think both of them lose. So that's how I see it. We'll go ahead and recap my plays, and I'll let you recap yours, man. Um, I'm giving you guys Michigan plus 280, winning outright at Penn State in Happy Valley, breaking some Penn State hearts. Wyoming going to Boise State in the blue turf, giving you guys over 45. One of the best quarterbacks in the country is going to be playing in that game. That's too low of a number for me. The NFL, I giving you guys Baltimore plus 207. John Harbaugh back against the wall. Minnesota, I don't think they're as good as the record indicates. But, you know, Bill Parcells says you are what your record says you are. I don't <laughs> see it. I think it's too early in the season to say that. I think Baltimore plus 207 is a good play here. So I'll let you recap your plays, man. Yeah, so for college football guys, I gave you Marshall at Middle Tennessee State, the over 49 points on Friday night, and then Saturday, UCF at Navy over, or sorry, under 66 points in that game. So over 49 and Marshall at Middle Tennessee State, and under 66 University of Central Florida at Navy. Then the NFL play I gave you, Baltimore at Minnesota, over 40 points. Um, and then Slim alluded to, get that money line. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, guys. So we'll go ahead and move on to our Daily Fantasy segment for you guys, giving you guys some duds and studs from last week. Now, Charles, man, you know what? I got to fucking say, I think the guys that I pick, it's probably best to eliminate them from your selection because I've just <laughs> given you guys so many shitty players this year. And, like, it's just embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. So, like, I was I was down with the Broncos, right? I mean, who saw the Giants being the Broncos? I gave you guys Jamal Charles and Denver's defense. And, uh, you know, obviously Jamal Charles was a bit of a reach anyways, but he only carried the ball five times for 19 yards. And, you know, I guess whenever you get down, like Denver was down, they're forced to throw the football. Um, never saw that coming. I do think that Trevor Simeon kind of showed us who he is, kind of like I told you guys with the Buffalo Bills game. I don't think Trevor Simeon is a good quarterback. And um, I think Denver's defense didn't allow those points. Trevor Simeon allowed those points. And, you know, it is what it is. I gave you guys Deshaun Jackson who found the end zone, though, the all-important touchdowns. He didn't do much else other than that, but the touchdown's big. Three catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown for Deshaun Jackson. That was a crazy-ass game. What about that fucking game? They're down oh, 31 man. to nothing. Game ended up being 33 to 38. You know, at the final horn, that's kind of crazy. Did you uh, have a chance to, to see that game? And Adrian Peterson? Yeah. See, that's oh. what I was watching. I was watching AP tear it up and Larry Fitzgerald just sitting yeah. there smiling. Oh, man. I know, man. Oldies but goodies, man. Those old heads. I just expect one of their limbs to snap off. They got so many miles <laughs> on them. I don't know, man. It's just kind of crazy to me. So, Will Lutz. I gave you guys Will Lutz, New Orleans kicker. I think we both had Will Lutz, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah. He had seven fucking extra points. Now, I wish he would have more field goals, but, you know, fuck it. You just extra point your way all the way to 12 points. is nice. Uh, Let's one field goal, seven extra points. What about your dubs and studs, brother? Yeah, so I gave you a dub this week. Deion Lewis um, only put up 11 points, but, um, again, very effective in that passing game, and he's always getting targets out of the backfield. Um, so I always think he's good. He's actually someone I'll be playing this week. But I gave you guys two major studs this week. Kirk Cousins was the third-ranked mm-hmm. scorer in Daily Fantasy this week with yep. 28 points. And then them Los Angeles Rams, baby, 22 points. Oh, yeah, man. That is that is right. Los Angeles, I don't know. I think we both, like, I, we were talking about Kirk Cousins, and you uh, you kind of just picked it out, you know, like nail on the head. And I, I, I had three guys, Jameis, Kirk, and Phillip Rivers uh, as my quarterbacks. I ended up giving you guys Phillip Rivers and then Jameis, uh, tore his shoulder up, so it's like, dude, I'm just a fucking fantasy curse. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. Oh, so since we're on that topic, and since we touched on it before in our previous podcast, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that Nugs and Suggs won last week. My fantasy team took down Jonah's team over there, um, and uh, we won by like 15, 20 points. Dude, I fucking sat, I sat Carlos Hyde, guys. This is how big of a fucking idiot I am. I started Elijah McGuire over Carlos Hyde. And I'm just, I, I deserve every, that was the difference in the game right there. Elijah yep. was like, Elijah was two, Carlos was 20. What happened was we had a motherfucking friend who texted me. It's like, oh, they're shopping Carlos Hyde, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's not going to uh, play Carlos, you know, giving me that business. I'm like, fuck, man, I, I got in my own head. I wanted to beat you so bad. I was like, I'm going to give him the old okie doke. Well, what the fuck I did, I gave myself the okey-doke. But I know uh, people don't want to hear about our fantasy league, but you got me this week. You better hope you better hope you don't play me down the road because I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get your ass next time for sure. You better hope so. Hopefully you'll have Zeke that time. Um, uh-huh. And so going into this week, um, I really like – I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with quarterbacks here. Um, and it's someone who we talked about, and you're right. I think they probably will go Le'Veon heavy moving forward, but I like Big Ben this week at home versus Cincinnati um, to put up some points. Uh, I just think he plays well um, coming off a road win against a divisional opponent. Uh, I don't think they win the game, but I think Big Ben has a great game. Okay, nice. So so wait, hold on. I got I to gotta, I gotta reverse here. You don't yep. think the Steelers win? No, I don't think the Steelers win. But I think okay. Big Ben has a good game, and he's right. priced at $7,200, which is, you know, 2000 less than most of your top echelon quarterbacks for him to fall down there. Um, I just think that's a good spot for him. Uh, and, again, just at home, being able to yeah. come back, a little bit more momentum after beating Kansas City, I think there's just some more fluidity with him and Haley there. Yeah, you know, um, so much talent around him, too. Um, just because they ain't handing the ball off to Le'Veon doesn't mean Le'Veon doesn't catch those screens or those swing passes. Or, you know, Antonio Brown, Martavis. I know Martavis, I guess it was reported that he requested a trade and he denied it. You know, whatever. I don't know. It is for this. Um, I think I think Ben's a good play, though. I'm giving you guys, and like I said, guys, I've been fucking terrible. So I think you could take my selections and just say don't pick this guy. But I'm giving you guys Carson Palmer, $7,000. Now, this game is in England. So, you know, like, spooky shit happens in England. But Carson is second in the NFL in pass yards at 1,856 pass yards. He's first in the NFL in completions, 154 completions. First in the NFL in attempts, 249 attempts. I think AP, I think AP's presence is really going to cause teams to bring more people in the box, which is going to open up Carson Palmer in the pass game even more. Even if he doesn't throw the ball as many times as he has been, as he has been, excuse me, I think that this really opens up for the more effective passing. Now, I got another guy that if Jameis Winston doesn't play, Fitzpatrick is down there as a really, really cheap quarterback, and it's a revenge game. He's played at Buffalo, and I know he's a a journeyman, but I think if Fitzpatrick is his time in Buffalo, um, I think Fitzpatrick would be be a good little play if you want to free up some money to go elsewhere. But I'm giving you guys Carson Palmer at 7,000 going against the Rams. Yeah, I like that. And the Fitzpatrick play, if you're in some of those deeper tournaments and looking to spend some cash on some bigger guys, um, especially in that New England-Atlanta game, I really like that play to draft 
Patrick and plug him in. Right. And I also I also like to play guys that uh nobody else has on their roster, just so you, you know, leave yourself open to getting those points that nobody else has, you know, things like that. But um I'll let you take over your running backs or if you have another quarterback. Yes, sir. So I have two running backs this week. I played one last week, 11 points, not the best, but I think this is another opportunity for him to score, and that's Deion Lewis at home versus Atlanta. I think that's a perfect opportunity. He's only $5,500 again. He's getting goal line carries from Mike Gillisley. He's getting passes out of the backfield. He's just someone who is part of that team that they're trying to get the ball to in space. And, again, I just think at $5,500, if you're in those bigger tournaments, it's worth the play. And if you want to spend like $600 more, you can go to Lambeau this week and play Alvin Kamara against Green Bay. Mm, And again, it's all about receptions. Mark Ingram had a great week last week, and Kamara played well, but Ingram got all the carries and, for the most part, got in the end zone. uh, Well, they played with a lead for the the whole game. I mean, that was another game where uh, New Orleans got out to a big lead and Detroit came roaring back. I think New Orleans kind of sat on the football a little bit. Um, and if you're going to sit on the football, you give the ball to Mark. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, they scored, what, like 52 or 53 points New Orleans did last week? And yeah. fantasy-wise, Drew Brees had like 18 points. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, the, that's crazy. Uh, the New Orleans defense was balling out. They were scoring yeah. touchdowns themselves. Yeah. That was wild. So those are my uh, two running backs this week. Again, yeah. $5,500 for Deion Lewis and then $6,100 for Alvin Kamara. So, so I'm, uh, let's hear your running backs this week. Yeah, I was just talking about him. How about Adrian Peterson, guys? Let's go to the yep. well. Let's go to it early. If you're gonna if you're gonna put him on your fantasy team, I think you should do it early while he's rested. And yep. you know, the the later in the season it goes, the more apprehensive I'll be. Now I'm a little apprehensive about the quarterback running back, you know, doing this thing. But I'm giving you guys players. I'm not trying to pick a team for you guys. I'm trying to give you guys players. Adrian Peterson, six thousand three hundred dollars. Again, this game is in England. The Rams are 29th against the rush. Now, Adrian Peterson last week, 26 carries, so he's going to tote the rock. 134 yards and two touchdowns. Does he still have it? He sure fucking looked like it to me last week. That jump cut, his patented jump cut in the hole, I don't know. It it looked like Adrian Peterson to me, guys, so I'm just going to back it. I'm going to back it. Adrian Peterson, $6,300. That's the only running back I have for you guys. Nice. That's a, that's a nice play, and obviously he went off last week. I actually got a uh, side bet with a buddy at work that he has over one and a half hundred yard games for the rest of the season. So that was one for me last week. I just need one more out of AP. So let's go. Sure, it might be after the first fucking two games the way he looked last week, man. Like this is it's just uh, he looked like old AP, man. He just looked like old AP. And at six thousand three hundred dollars, he was kind of far down the list on running backs. Agreed. Especially when you have an opportunity to play in a game like England, I think that that uh, changes things. Like we said, it's a little bit fluky. So. Um, I'm going to grab a wide receiver this week. Um, I have two of them. Uh, the first one is Mr. and Thielen out of Minnesota. Um, I'm not sure on the status of Stefan Diggs this week. I kind of hope he plays for the simple fact of Thielen's opportunities. I think if Diggs is out there, he's going to get looked at a lot more. And, of course, he's not covered by Jimmy Smith, um, who's a you know top ten cornerback in the league um, yeah. and great man-to-man. I think uh, that will be an interesting matchup if him, him and Diggs plays. But Thielen is the one who's going to get targeted. Um, and so I really like him here. He's $6,900. Um, Baltimore's defense is what I consider good. That's not biased. That's just secondary is just stacked with players and playmakers. But I think, of course, you're going to have to throw the ball in this game, and Adam Thielen's going to be the one to get it. So $6,900. And then my second wide receiver, um, and you had alluded to it when you were talking about Peterson and Carson Palmer and having a little bit more open areas yeah. to throw. Absolutely. And John Brown, I think, is going to get some of those crossing routes that hadn't been open previously um, due to just covering everybody because <laughs> there was no run game there. Um, and I like John Brown a lot this week. He's only $5,900. Again, fluky game in London, but um, I think he has a great opportunity this week. Nice. So we are rolling with Arizona. I think we were we were talking shit about Arizona earlier in the year. If they can get oh, yeah. Peterson rolling. And, you know, I, I think Arizona's defense really misses Calais Campbell. Um, their defensive line kind of isn't the same. Their defense isn't as good as it has been, but that but their defense used to be the shit. So like just because you're not as good as you were doesn't mean you're bad. Um, you know, just just not as good. I still like Arizona secondary a little bit. Um, but we'll move on. We'll talk about a wide receiver that I have for you guys. Let's go. Alshon Jeffrey, the Philadelphia Eagles. At six thousand six hundred dollars going against Washington this week. 
Now, they have already played this year, which is kind of crazy that these two divisional opponents have already played, um, and we're, I go, we're just at week seven. Washington's 19th against the pass. Now, <clears throat> Alshon Jeffries has 48 targets on the year. That ranks 10th among receivers. Last Thursday at Carolina, he was on the field for 56 of the 62 snaps. So he's always on the field. He had a team high in, in, in targets against Carolina with 10. Alshon Jeffrey is very talented. I don't think I have to tell you guys that too much. Now, the crazy thing here is he has a career touchdown rate of 8.5%. So Alshon Jeffrey is due for a touchdown. Like, you know, Charlie, I don't really like to play the due factor, but Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey's been playing really well, just hasn't quite found the end zone. And his career touchdown rate indicates that, that that's going to come sooner rather than later. Washington Eagles. Um, this should be a high-scoring game, so it should be fun. There should be throwing it around the yard. I think, you know, every time I watch Carson Wentz, I get more and more impressed with the kid. Um, so, you know, always like when you have a quarter, a good quarterback that's throwing you the football. Alshon Jeffrey, $6,600. I think he's a good play this week. Nice, and he's looked really good. I've been really impressed with him and Carson's connection so far this year, and he's getting all the red zone looks, so I think that's yeah. a great place for him. Yeah, right. Always on the field, man. Always on the field. So that's the only receiver I got. We can move on to tight ends, man, and I'll let you talk about your tight ends. Yeah, so I'm giving you guys two tight ends this week. They're priced the same, $5,300. Your choice on what kind of way you're going with it. The first one's Martellus Bennett, um, simply because he's on the field always. Run, pass, anything, Martellus is on the field, and Brett's going to look to check down to Martellus. He's got great hands. He's going to be open, and New Orleans defense is – not nearly as good as they showed last week, in my opinion. Um, and so, again, Martellus being able to check down for Brett Hundley, I think that's a great option at $5,300. And then the other guy at $5,300 is Jason Witten. Uh, again, Dak Prescott, you know, kind of safety blanket there at San Francisco. No Navarro Bowman anymore. So I think Jason has a good opportunity to score this week. He'll get in the end zone. Um, we'll see how many catches he has, but I think he gets in the end zone for sure. You motherfucker! I swear, man, you just you you just read my mind. You just know who I'm gonna pick, and you just take them every week. You like take them <laughs> my guys every week. I got tight end Jason Witten too, guys. Five thousand three hundred dollars, San Francisco, twenty eighth against the pass. He's twenty seven receptions, ranked third amongst all tight ends. Um, now the thing with Jason, though, I think you know we all know this is he's just such a plotter. You're not gonna get anything after the catch. But he's such a good route runner, and Dak absolutely loves him. I like your points on Navarro Bowman, and I think I think he can um, take advantage of, of San Francisco's young linebackers. Old reliable, man. Old reliable, Jason Witt, and I'm totally with you. He's, he was the guy that I had written down, and you stole him from me. <laughs> Spot on, Slim. I like that we're in alignment there. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to go to a kicker here, and I'm coming back to Minnesota. Kai Forbath, again, Case Keenum's played Really, you're not really going Justin well. Tucker. I'm not. I, I know that sounds you're typical of me. He is gonna. He's gonna ball out. I already know it because you didn't go. Not only did you not pick your guy, you went against him in the same game. But go ahead. I did, and so I. You know, Casey's been playing really well, but again, Ravens' defense I think is one of the better defenses that Minnesota has played all year. Um, and so I don't think they get in the end zone as much as they have been. Like. Jerk McKinnon has been playing out of his mind, too, and honestly, yep. I've never seen him break a tackle in my life until last week. Right? And I swear to fucking God. I know it. I, my bad. Go ahead. But I swear to God, I know, because I've, like, the past couple years on my fantasy team in our league, like, I've, like, been – I haven't had very good running backs, and Jerick McKinnon has just kind of, like, always been out there. And I had him on my team, and I swear to fucking God, he never broke a tackle. All of a sudden, he looks like he's freaking the road runner. Like, I, I don't know. It is what it is. My bad. Go ahead. No, I mean, that's spot on. I just don't think he, – he's not going to catch a 75-yard pass for a touchdown again, untouched. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so I just think they get a few more stops defensively by the Ravens, which is going to force Kai. Kai's been great this year. Um, and so I like him kicking at home in the People's Bay, uh, $4,700. So I think it's a good value there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going with your boy, man. I'm surprised we didn't, nice. we didn't pick this one. I got, I got Justin Tucker here, $4,700 at Minnesota. This game's going to be inside. We all know Justin Tucker is absolutely one of the best kickers in all of football. The last two weeks, Justin Tucker's went for 12 points and 14 points. After having a shitty first two games, um, really, really kind of stepping it up here. So Justin Tucker, kind of the same point that you were making, except um, opposite. You know, Baltimore 
you know, kind of a plotting offense. I think that Minnesota has the capability of stopping them in the red zone or outside the red zone. And I just, I like Justin Tucker's consistency. So Justin Tucker, $4,700, different kicker, same game. Gosh, and you know, man, like, imagine being a quarterback and only having to go, like, 50 or 60 yards to get points. Isn't that a dream? That's what what Joe's doing, isn't it? I knew Joe was doing it. Joe, yeah, I know. Joe had something up his sleeve. He just crosses the 50 and stops playing football. At least that's what it seems like. But, no, I'm just kidding. I need Joe to play football this week beyond the 50, Joe fucking Fluco. Baltimore, (laughs) 207, baby. Let's go. But, no, I'd have to take her $4,700. I like it. Nice. And then I'm going to go back where we're at again, defensive-wise, and they shouldn't be priced this low. Like, it's factual they should not be priced this low, and that's the Vikings' defense. Like, they're going against Joe. Um, the run game's been better with Buck Allen and Alex Collins, much better than it ever was with Terrence West. Um, yeah. And so that's, you know, something I look forward to. But Linval Joseph is a fucking run-stopper. And I think mm-hmm. Eric Hendricks might be one of the best middle linebackers that nobody talks about in the NFL. Um, and so I think they get a few turnovers off Joe this week. Joe can't throw it past 20 yards at all this year for some reason, accuracy-wise. So oh, he can. I think he, he chucks it. He just he throws it to the other team. He connects to the other team, motherfucker. I don't know. Nah, man. Um, you know, Minnesota's defense is the truth. I, I think Minnesota has one of the best defenses in football. I think where, you know, where my disconnect with Minnesota is is I just really don't like Case Keenum. I think the loss to Dalvin Cook really hurt their explosiveness. And I know yep. you could say we saw Derek McKinnon, you know, bust off that big play, you know, yada, yada, whatever. I really like Stephon Diggs, but, you know, he's a little hurt. Uh, Thielen's underrated. In general, I just don't really like the Vikings offense whatsoever. And Minnesota's defense is really, really good. Like I said, amongst the best in football. So um, I like I, li- I like the Minnesota's defense there. Sorry to interrupt again. No, you're good. What's up? What do you got for deep? I got the Chargers, man. Ooh, I got the Chargers, one of the cheapest. You're really down on Simeon. Fuck yeah, I am. Well, I think the Chargers are one of those teams, like, if they had a kicker, they'd probably be 3-3 three and three right now. Maybe 4-2. and two. Like, if they had a kicker that would have made those field goals, um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Los Angeles Chargers, $4,100 versus Denver. This comes down to Denver's offense more than the Chargers' defense. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I don't believe in Simeon. If Simeon doesn't play well, I don't believe in Brock Osweiler, the heist, because he stole all this money from everybody. I think the Browns – what did we see on Twitter? I don't know if you saw this, like how much the Browns are paying them every week or every month or something compared to what the Broncos are paying them right now. Yeah, it's like five Oh, my God, man. I wish I could have that. You know, the Brock could just ghost it on the couch, and he's just fucking drawing, drawing so much money. But I think the teams begin to stack the box against Denver. I think maybe Trevor Simeon, and I don't fucking know why, but I think Trevor Simeon might have been getting a little too much respect. Also, Denver's just been able to run the football effectively through, you know, this first um, third of the season. I kind of expect that to, to dwindle down. The Chargers are 18 in sacks in the NFL. That's fifth in the NFL. I think the Chargers stack the box here, force Trevor Simeon to throw the football. I don't think he can throw the football. So Chargers, $4,100. I know that um, I had a bet on Chargers against Philadelphia earlier in the year. And, you know, it's easy just to, like, carry things over from last year. And it did just – and the Chargers, like, the Chargers easily could have beaten Denver, right? And they missed the field goal in – Overtime, the very first game of the year, or not in overtime, but to send it to overtime. Like the Chargers are a good field goal kicker away from being four and two. Um, instead, they're two and four. But the Chargers here, four thousand one hundred dollars. Their defense. I think Chargers get a little revenge here from Denver earlier in the year. That first game with uh, oh my god, I forgot his name. What was that fucking announcer's name? Sergio Dip. I love. Oh him. yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back, Sergio Dip. It's like. And I don't even want to get too far down this road. But it's like when you have a Spanish-speaking person and he starts speaking English, and it's just, like, kind of off, like, the rhythm of the way he speaks. He's like, that's Joseph. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I got – it's just funny to me. Let's bring Sergio back for this game to get him to call it. But no, yeah. defense. Well, well put him on Thursday start. night. Do something with him, man. He ain't got another opportunity since then. And like I said then, he released a Twitter video just saying how grateful he was for the opportunity. Um, you know, no doubt about it. The kid, sound, the kid looked like he was about our age, probably nervous oh. as hell. Uh, Absolutely. 
so you know, understandably so. But no, Chargers, so, $4,100 for the defense. Sorry to get off on that tangent. No, so you're good. So I, I just want to give this – yeah, I want to give this to our listeners. Uh, first of all, I appreciate it if you listened all the way through here and went through the fantasy with us. You know, that's something that I enjoy doing and Slim's, Slim's enjoys doing as well. Um, but I also want to throw in a prop bet if you guys uh, are interested, and it's something that I'll probably start doing for these Thursday night games because uh, you don't get the prop bets until, like, 24 hours before the game. So yeah. um, one that I really like this week, and the, the price of it kind of surprises me, but total tackles, both solo and assisted, by Khalil Mack tomorrow night over six combined tackles is plus 105. I will be on that. It's a Thursday night game. Everybody's going to be watching. Khalil Mack is probably going to have to take some attention to Travis Kelsey, um, and we all know that's Alex Smith's favorite wide receiver, even though he's a tight end. But I think that is great play over six combined tackles for Khalil Mack tomorrow night. Nice. I like that, man. I th- I, um, I really like that, actually. You know, I think I'm not I'm not really a prop player. We talked about that before we got on here. Um, yep. But, man, I like that. So, man, I don't know. What do you think? I think we should do, like, a uh, a recap show here soon to kind of recap our season total wins, losses. Yep. Uh, you know, kind of do that. And then, you know, so, yeah, so I guess, guys, we're going to go. We're going to do that at some point over the next couple weeks. We'll also start diving into some college basketball, some NBA stuff, you know, have some have some new shows out for you, some new content. So be on the lookout for that. Appreciate all you guys for listening, like Charles said. But um, other than that, man, I'll wrap it up. Do you have anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, Other than let's go Ravens, and you guys have a great week, all right? That's right. Let's go Ravens, man. Let's go Harbaugh. Harbaugh's Congress, my friend. Guys, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Good luck to all of you this week if you're tailing our plays. I really hope we cash for me, not only me, but for you guys. I'm Investor Slim. You can follow me on Twitter at Investor Slim. Charles, you can follow him on Twitter at Sports Savant. We are checking out. Thanks for listening.